0: Hey team, welcome back to the show. Today, it is Rea, our client success manager, and of course, myself, once again. I'm um, gonna be a fun episode, a little bit different than our conversations lately, talking through the six biggest physique, female physique development mistakes you're making. Um, Really, like this is coming from a lot of conversations I think both of us have had over the last, because again, like you are typically like the first touch point someone has when they uh, start working with us. Um, and I know you have these conversations a lot as well, where it's kind of like re- redirecting, kind of like helping someone troubleshoot their issues um, or what their struggles are and kind of like getting them in a good position, figuring out who the best coach for them is. But really like a uh, lot of mistakes, I think both of us make and kind of like summing this up into the most common things. Now, I also wanted this to be something that was a little bit different than a lot of the things we've talked about there. are, Of course, things like, I know we we're talking about like micronutrient intake right before this and like that's something we talk about a ton, but I wanted this kind of be like things that we haven't really touched on on the podcast as much lately. Um, so do you feel good to go into it or is there anything else you want to add there?
1: No, I think, um, yeah, this is going to be really relatable for a lot of clients. Also like for myself as well with what I'm you know, working on next with, you know, focusing on building muscle. So I'm excited to dive in.
0: All right. So go ahead and kick us off with the first mistake we see.
1: So the first one is chasing too many goals at once.
0: And this is extremely, extremely common. I think that you see this a lot as well. I know there are a lot of conversations with like potential clients where you're redirecting like, "Hey, I appreciate that," but to actually get there, we need to focus on this first and that's very much like what a coach's role is is oftentimes not telling you what you want to hear. I think a lot of times when people start coaching it's kind of like a um now again, this isn't like a it's not bad if you've done this, this is very common and it's human, right? But most people like just haven't, don't realize that a lot of times when we start coaching, it's kind of like a, I would continue to try to chase all these things at once. And now because I'm paying a coach, I can get there where a lot of times, like people get so much better results when they start coaching because we focus on, okay, let's make the gold goal. What's the most important thing here? Let's focus on that. Let's really do an extremely great job of nailing all the details we need to get there first and then we can focus on the next thing when it makes sense right so for example like i was just talking to someone um in my dms the other day um and this is honestly like this exact example is so common where she was like all right so i want to start coaching um and what i'd like to do really in the next like 6 to 12 months is i want to build muscle i want to lose fat i want to make sure like i want to get my hormones in a better place and i also want to run a marathon so and that's again, like something like that is very common, like an endurance goal, a fat loss goal, a muscle growth goal, and a health goal. And then, kind of how I describe this to her is imagine that you are a dot in the center of a box. And at each of the four points of that box, it are each of those four goals because these are all like very different goals that require very different things. Now, we can't go like all four directions in once and really make that much progress in any one of these directions, right? So, for us to build muscle, Like most optimally, we will be able to build muscle when we are training extremely hard. We have plenty of fuel coming in. Now, fat loss is, we can definitely build muscle and lose fat at the same time, but again, to maximize maximize the muscle growth, the fat loss to an extent will kind of hinder that. But alongside that, if we are, then we're trying to lose fat, but also fix your hormones, right? Well, if we're pushing extremely, like stress is a huge part of um, why many like hormonal issues exist. I don't know exactly what like hers were, but we didn't get too deep into that yet. I think you have a call with her shortly. But um stress is gonna be a huge part of that, right? So training extremely hard, that's a stressor on your body. Prepping for a marathon, that's a stressor on your body. Fat loss. We absolutely don't want someone in a, in a deficit to also like be trying to push fat loss. Like, um, I think it was like six months ago, we uh recorded the podcast on Andrea's Health Face where it was like for her she spent over a year just very slowly working up. Or I know it was like 11 months. She spent that amount of time though, slowly working up calories. All of her training for like 11 months with just three to four reps left in the tank. Um, She definitely wasn't doing a huge amount of cardio or anything of the sort because for a lot of people, like trying to do all those things at once, not managing stress properly and just putting so much more on your body than it can recover from is the reason why those issues exist in the first place, right? So, um, And then similarly, like running a marathon, um, now can you build, like, we have a lot of clients who are recreational runners, like Joni, shout out to Jody Bernard. She's been crushing it with Natalie, Joni and Dallas both. Um, but for her, like she is a runner and she does run a decent amount, but they understand where their priorities are. Right. And like, similarly, if we want to like fat loss, like if you're like trying to lose body fat and at the same time, be properly fueled for a marathon, which is something that does to, and it's like, I want to ex- perform extremely well during this that requires so much fuel. Those two goals are very counter. And again, we can like run recreationally and build muscle. You can even run a marathon and still build muscle. But again, like the amount of time we have to devote to training to both and also making sure we can properly recover, it is going to be a much harder balance. So again, such a huge part of this with clients is oftentimes like just helping people focus and kind of avoid shiny object syndrome, right? Um, And that's for most people, I think like one of the hardest things to let go of is just being okay with I'm just gonna focus on one thing. But that's really like the phasic approach that we talk about. It applies to nutrition, but furthermore, it applies to your goals, right? And that's again, I see this with so many people. I see this with a lot of coaches as well. Um, where again, the more things we, now we can definitely do multiple things at once, but the more things we're trying to do at once, especially if they're not like goals that go together, the harder it is to to do any of those things extremely well. So, again, for so many people, like such a big part of coaching is just. Avoiding shiny object syndrome. It is also oftentimes things like, hey, this is oftentimes not like initially it can be challenging for people here, but they oftentimes get it when they start to see the results. Like after four weeks, hey, I've always changed my training program every four weeks. Can we like plug in a new movement here? I don't want to get bored. Right. And it's like, okay, so are you here because you want to get entertained and kind of keep doing what you've been doing, or are you here because you want a result? Now there's a line there, right? We still want it to be engaging and fun. And as you know, we will still like adjust movements. We want your feedback, but at the same time, we again, like have to make sure us as coaches are keeping you focused on the long-term. Or a lot of times if it is like two months into a building phase and I'm feeling a little bit fluffy, right? And uh, okay, I want to like hop back into fat loss now. And it's again, like, we're not going to ever say you have to do this thing, but here's the pros, here's the cons. This is going to be the best direction to ultimately get to where you want to be. Anything else to add there before we move on, Raya? Yeah, I
1: would say when you ask someone uh what your goals are you automatically like get a wish list of everything which i think is mm. important to like say everything that you do want but then it's like right. that's what the coach is there for to see like what do you want in the immediate future, like in the next three to six months, like what would you place first? And that might not always be what you think it is. Like maybe fat loss has always been top of mind, but if you don't have the foundation first, you're not going to have as much success with fat loss. If you just jumped into it right away without like consistency and healthy habits and having enough muscle on your body to actually see the shape that you want to see. So the coach can kind of help lay it out for you of like, I hear that you're saying you want this, but if you had that, if you started a fat loss phase, let's say in six or nine months, um, the short-term discomfort between now and then is worth the long-term result by then.
0: Absolutely. And again, that's why like, I like the like periodization or the like phase planner we lay out for most clients, um, where we do lay out like next six months to a year. Here's what this looks like. So people can kind of see how those things look in conjunction. I don't like it from the perspective that a lot of times people get too attached to that specific timeline. Still. I always try to make it clear, but I understand, right. If you have that here and it's like, okay, well this week, we're probably moving into this phase. It's very hard to like not be too attached to that. And that's again, like still something to go back and forth on, but I do still think the pros outweigh the cons for most people to kind of see like, here's how we make all these things work together. But that's again, like, um, even like something that I often ask clients is, and again, I pulled this from Brandon, my coach who I I really appreciate how he does this. And we talked about this just recently, like rank in order of priority for me, we have your social life and relationships, we have your physique goals, and we have kind of your career goals, rank like one, two, one, two, three, most important to least important for you. And then I know also like, how much I can expect from you, how much like we're willing to push here, And then we dig deeper into like your goals in each of those areas. Um, but I think that's so important as well. And again, like, I think this is the biggest thing is so many people think like, ultimately here's where I want to be. And I need to focus on all those things that wants to get there. Where again, like for so many of the women we coach specifically, it is like, you've been trying to lose fat and build muscle for the last three years hasn't really done much. Suddenly, we see a dramatic change when we just focus on consistently eating more, spending 60 months to a year building more muscle. And then a quick fat loss phase after that, then suddenly you have so much more muscle in your physique, completely different. And, but it's like kind of being okay with like short term letting go of the gratification of feeling like we're moving towards all those things um at once. But even in the course of like the next year, we'll actually get there quicker. um So important to understand. Anything else before we move on?
1: No, I think that's a great lead into, uh, you know, when you do narrow in down to like one priority goal, um, it's like, are you giving it a hundred percent? So the next one is not going all in.
0: Yeah, this is extremely, uh, this is extremely common. And again, it's not like if you identify any of these things in your, in yourself, I don't want this to think this is, I don't ever want people to think this is like me shaming them for it. Like a lot of times in coaching, as you know, as well, like sometimes it's just like us Calling out, like, hey, here's a cycle of self-sabotage that I see in you. We all have those, we all have those in different areas, right? And that's something I always like to make sure is clear to clients. Like, if I had like a like, well, I do have someone who's like a mental health coach for me, right? And it's funny to see like the same mistakes that I see, they manifest differently, but kind of the same mindsets that I often see with like clients and call out that they're making there. Oftentimes, like my coach in that area is like calling out those same things to me, right? So it's like just areas where we're more proficient and less proficient, and it's just understanding these things over time, but not going all well in is an extremely common one. Um, we've talked about this a couple of times lately, like on our team calls, where um, again, coaching is a collaboration, right? We want your feedback, we want your input, but there is an element, especially at the start, of you probably will just have to trust your coach, right? And going into it, because change can be scary, right? Um, and I think a lot of times how coaching is presented, and I appreciate the idea behind this, but so many people talking about like, I'm the coach where you can eat all of your favorite foods. You can like, you don't have to give up pizza or wine or anything of the sort, and you can still get great, get great results. Now I respect like the idea behind that. I don't think there's good or bad foods. Like I enjoy pizza. I enjoy wine, but, and it's not to say like those things are off limits by any means, but on the same token, I think oftentimes like it paints the picture that, um, things will be easy and we don't really actually have to change in order to get the result. Right. Where, the reality is, if you are hiring a coach, and I think, and a lot of times, so a lot of times it's like, and this is very normal, right? Um, For both coaches and people who, this is their first coach, right? Um, Maybe we'll send over the initial plan. And it's very common to be like, uh, I've never tried that food. I don't want to eat that. Or like, I've never tried this movement. I like this movement better. Can we just do this? I like the salad train training better, right? And again, we want your feedback. We will also be able to explain the reasoning behind everything that we're doing. But again like a lot of times people kind of hold on so tightly to like i want to change but actually the idea of changing my actions is scary right so uh, we talked about like for you like again like a tendency to like i thought you might have a tendency to take the wheel now you never and like kind of go to your own thing if you didn't fully like buy into what i was doing now you never have done that in like our work coaching together but that's a common example of this like this doesn't seem like enough in my training so i'm going to go do more and maybe i don't communicate that extremely well or um, I don't want to like follow this like meal plan or whatever I have. And I always tell people like, Hey, just give it a week. Cause almost always like every time I send out the plan, it's like, this is quite a bit different than what, what, what I've done before. Right. Which can be a scary thing. But the thing to understand is if you aren't happy with the results that you've gotten so far, if your coach sends you over a plan that looked identical to what you were doing already, or very, very similar, that should probably be more concerning because that's probably a good sign you're get the same results you did before. Right. So it's understanding that so much of this is first, we have to see a change in actions, right? So um, within that, there's oftentimes this resistance to like, oh, this is different. This is scary. And this is uncomfortable. And that's okay. You can express that too. We'll talk you through that. It's okay to feel that way. Like it, change is hard for everyone, but oftentimes people kind of try to like, hold on to what they were doing, hold on to what they're doing and like only take on the parts that they feel extremely comfortable with um, and not embrace those parts that don't. And when we do that, we don't see much change where and again, I understand the psychology behind this. This isn't me like putting anyone down who struggles with this, but it is truly crazy to see the difference in speed of results for the clients who start coaching and are hey, all right, I've never maybe I've never tried a meal plan before, but before I say it, it's not gonna work for me, I'm willing to give it a week's try. Or same thing with the training program. It is insane how much quicker those people progress. Versus those who are like, I don't really want to do this or maybe like, and I'm just not going to like follow it. I'm not going to give it like my all, like, I'm going to kind of like try to mesh this with the approach I've taken previously. It's insane. The speed of results and like the difference in that between those two groups. Um, And again, like that's part of coaching, right? We expect there to be some struggles there, but I think it's also important to understand that you may be holding yourself back in that regard again, kind of trying to hold on too tightly to what you were previously doing. but still wanting a different result. And again, like feeling like there's some confusion between like why you're stuck here versus where you want to be anything to add there.
1: I think for many people, the minute you're being told what to do, you automatically have resistance. Um, So it's kind of letting your guard down a little bit and saying like, what is stopping me from giving this a try? I mean, you told Amy that you told me that give it a week, give it a month. And if that's not working, if you're just hating it, then that's fine. We can call it quits. But until you try, we're not quitting. Um, but also the habits and identity that uh, shape the person that you want to become usually result from doing things you haven't done before. Um, 100%. When you feel stuck that the plan isn't working, you have to look at, are my actions leading to the result that I want? Hold yourself accountable. The coach can hold you accountable as well. but. Um, look at if you're following it, and if it's actually leading to where you want to be,
0: yeah. And I also think that a lot of times, like this comes from fully trusting your coach, which I think is so important. Um, I would recommend anyone like before you hire a coach, do your research. like make sure I know I always told people like on the calls before you started doing them, like because oftentimes people would be talking to another coach or two, Hey, if you feel like you mesh better with them than you do with us, go that route right? Because the relationship is one of the most important parts of all of this but i also think that a lot of times honestly like and this is something that like happens less and less but i also i think more so like how i oftentimes see this manifest is like someone who would initially talk with us and then and i i don't ever want to make it about this but a lot of times like it does come down to like people making the decision based on price right and it's like oftentimes like well this coach is 50 dollars less per month so i'm going to go with them and then a lot of times i think when people make the decision just based on price they don't fully buy in. And honestly, that coach might not be as good. There might not actually be the reason behind why they're doing the things. And then the trust isn't there where oftentimes like, Hey, let's just do like one less grub hub order or like wait another month. And, but literally like a grub hub order or like two less drinks out per month um, or one less meal out per month. Is that difference? And that's a different topic. So anyways, I think that is a huge aspect of it as well. But similarly, like if your coach is telling you to some, to do something that you are uncomfortable with, I think it's also important to understand that our job, our success, like our ability to maintain a career as coaches is very much based on our ability to get people results. So, and I think we've said this before, like I've asked you to like, hey, I promise you I will never do anything that I think is gonna be worse for your results. So do you trust me to be able to coach you based on like the years and years I've been doing this and the amount of like people I've helped accomplish exactly what you want do you trust me to be able to coach you and put together a better plan for you than you could put together for yourself? Right. And if so, and again, like if you have concerns about anything, ask. But if you're coaching, fully back up, like, hey, here's why we're doing this, here's why I still think this makes sense. At least give yourself and your coach, like, do both of yourselves the favor of just giving it hundred percent for just a week. And that's what I always tell people, right? If ultimately like this isn't getting us the result we want, if you don't feel so much better, um, completely okay. We'll shift directions, but let me actually just see how your body responds to this for a week. Let's actually see how you feel before we choose to go in a different direction. Anything else to add there?
1: No, that's hundred percent on point. Uh, Communication is key. Trust is key. Um, So leading into number three, and it kind of ties into uh, back to number one as well, but prioritizing fat loss over muscle growth.
0: Absolutely. So um, most people who start with us again, and again, we work with almost exclusively women. It typically a large part of the driver for people working with us with us is almost always, we get a lot of f- referrals from people who it's like, I've seen the results that my friend got. I want the same, or I've seen the transformations that y'all share. And that's what I want to achieve, right? There's a very specific like type of physique that almost everyone who works with us wants. And almost always that entails not just fat loss but building muscle right how i always kind of illustrate this to people is fat loss creates a smaller version of the physique you have currently right um and this is more specific i would say to like when i'm talking about i'm not saying like fat loss is an important fat loss is an important variable of physique change but most of the women we work with are already very lean right and or are already relatively lean at very least right and again it's like hey we could Go into a diet, we could push your body fat down further, but at the end of that, you don't just want to like be a skinnier version of what you see currently. Really, what you're mentioning to me and like what you're describing and like what you're describing about like these clients' results that resonated with you is, you want your physique to like kind of take on a new shape. We want to build like your glutes, your delts, your quads, whatever it is. Us just like losing fat, losing fat, losing fat doesn't change that. Again, fat loss kind of creates a smaller version of the physique you have currently building muscle allows us to actually completely reshape your physique, right? So really like in the results that we share, um, the muscle growth is just as I would honestly say, like the muscle growth is more important for those results we see than the fat loss side of things. Now, again, if it's like, Hey, maybe we have 20, 30, 40 pounds to lose to like get to a relatively lean, healthy body fat, that will of course make a big difference. But again, like the leaner you are, the more muscle growth will make a difference for your future physique development and the less fat loss will make a difference um but again like so many women that we work with have just been like dieting or like trying to diet and kind of a dieting mindset for literally years and years and years on end it's like i'm still not getting the physique i want i'm still not getting the physique i want um and like this is the next point both really tie into that like uh that post that I shared yesterday, where it was like examples of, it was two women whose physiques were completely different at the exact same weight. And then one, uh, Janae, who was actually like her physique was much leaner, but also more muscular, two pounds heavier than when she started. Right. And those are such good examples. I'll actually link that up in the show notes. so You can check that out where again, especially, and they were all starting at a pretty lean position, which again, is pretty typical for a lot of clients that we work with. Um, fantastic accomplished a lot of that on her own as well i want to make sure that's clear because i want to take all the credit for that um but within that it was so much that they built a lot of muscle right but again it's when we're always prioritizing fat loss we're never prioritizing muscle growth and things again kind of as you said it ties back very well to like the goals and what is the goal here we need to take that time where it's like okay if we want to add muscle especially if you're already extremely lean we might need a good eight twelve months not focusing on building before we enter fat loss. Sorry, they're putting up a Christmas lights and Nego's parking. So hopefully that's not too loud. Uh, Anything else to add there? Because I think the next point really ties into this.
1: Yeah, I would say like on calls, when I start to dig into like the actual details of people's goals, and especially then when um, our coaches talk to clients that they are working with from the beginning, uh, sometimes the goals really do shape out to be, I want to feel energized. I want to feel confident in my clothes and in a bikini. I want to feel strong and all of that comes from muscle growth and it comes from spending time not dieting. So when you actually think about like the other biofeedback or how you feel internally, uh, it doesn't always line up to being in a fat loss phase. And so it's understanding like what your goals actually do shape out to be. Um, and oftentimes that will be spending some time building muscle and you can have a lot of fun building muscle. So I don't oh, want to yeah. just, that's like, The negative side of the phases, it's actually like super rewarding, but
0: and it is uh, again for most people like it's a scary thing because people have like typically just heard of bulking phases, or a lot of clients we've worked with have tried to like go through a building phase on their own, and the training stimulus wasn't in the right place, what we're doing with nutrition wasn't right, and have just gained a lot of fat. So then it's like a scary thing as well, right? But really, when we go through it properly, it's like oh wow, like my physique is completely changing. I'm eating so much more food. I have more like. Flexibility, um, my biofeedback as a whole is just so much better. Um, I feel great and I'm getting so much stronger. And I'm also seeing my physique change. Now, that varies by person. If you're the more advanced you are, again, typically like the more. I also don't want to just like put that paint that through rose-colored glasses, but I would say like that's an accurate picture of most of the clients we work with. Again, like someone like uh, I think of like Natalie, like when I was coaching her, right? Where like for her to go through a building phase, um pretty advanced, she was already very jacked when we started working together. That's a situation where like, hey, we might have to put on a little bit more body fat and we might not actually really see the results like the fruits of our labor until afterwards. But for most people, that's not the case. Um, Anything else to add there before we move on?
1: I think that's great. Um, As females, especially a lot of the clients that we see, we're so programmed to always want to be uh lighter or smaller. Um right. so it's like we hear building, we hear uh putting on muscle and you automatically think I'm just gonna be huge. It really doesn't happen overnight. Uh but that leads into like the next mistake that we see is using the scale as the most important data point for progress.
0: Absolutely. Um and this is so extremely common where um I oftentimes this manifest as like I was this weight in high school or in college. And that's when I felt the best. So I need to get back to that weight to feel my best again and it's oftentimes like fixation on that number or again like the scale going up can be a scary thing which again is like really ties into that post where it was like look at these ladies at either the exact same weight or heavier weight than when they started they're very clearly leaner and more muscular their shapes of physique their the shapes of their physique have completely changed um but again the way like if we were just using weight as a metric of progress like those were insane results But if we were only looking at weight, they would have felt like, and using like losing weight as a metric for progress, everyone there would have felt like either like I didn't make any progress or I actually regressed when again, that's actually the complete opposite. Um, But again, like understanding that so much of physique development for the clients we work with comes from adding muscle to your frame. Muscle isn't something that is weightless, right? Um, Adding muscle literally requires us adding weight via muscle mass, muscle tissue to your frame. So what this means is even at your leanest, you should be getting heavier over time if we're continuing to improve your physique, right? Like I, I shared even like within my own, like, like the last 15 months for me, um, like how my body composition looked different uh, like 15 months ago versus like right before my wedding at 200 pounds and like how cool it was to like see those differences despite being the same weight, right? And that's what I mean, like again, like at any given weight, if we're building muscle, you will look leaner you will have more muscle tissue in your frame. But again, if we're only looking at that weight that holds so many people back where again, like a lot of times it's like, I'm entering a building phase and we'll see like, man, progress pictures look great. Even measurements are in a great spot. We're not seeing like you adding around your midsection performances through the roof. Biofeedback is the best we've ever seen. Like it really looks like we're adding some muscle tissue here, but it's so easy to like, oh my gosh, but the scale is up. Right. And it's like, is that really a bad thing? But again, it's okay to feel that way because this is so deeply programmed in most people. Like it's okay to voice those concerns as well. I don't want, that's the one thing when we're like talking about these mistakes, I never want anyone to take this as like, so you shouldn't feel that way and you're wrong for feeling that way, right? Like, So many of these things are so deeply programmed that that's not how we approach it all, right? We understand it. And that's why like, I always want to foster this. I know like one of the most important things that I mentioned for you going to this reverse diet phase, because we've, you've had bad experiences with this in the past, right? Like I told you several times, most importantly, like tell me how you're feeling. You might feel great right now, but we'll probably struggle with this mentally and that's okay. I want you to fill me in on those things so I can talk you through it because it's, it's completely normal. Um, but again, like this for so many people is the prog- one of the biggest progress killers because if, especially with body composition is improving. And that's why we look at so much more than just the scale weight. We're looking at your measurements. We're looking at your physique shots. We're looking at your training logs and how those are progressing. Um, but if we're only looking at the scale, really, again, like, it basically just means like, we always feel like anything except for continuing to lose fat. And honestly, like, once we get to the leaner we get, like the more true this is, um, it will hold us back, right? Because we should be getting heavier over time for building muscle. Anything else to add there?
1: It's hard to detach from the scale, especially if you're working with a coach and you're weighing yourself every day, or even if it's five days a week, but multiple times in the week, um, it's hard to not always see like what that data point is going to like evolve into. But what I even try and do for myself is before I step on the scale in the morning, you know, I'm taking my fasted weight. I say like, well, how am I feeling though? Do I feel lean? Do I feel tight? Uh, did I eat late last night? Did I have extra sodium? Do I know how my body might respond to that? Because there's so many variables that go into your weight the next day or over the course of the week. So it's understanding what can play into that. And then you step on the scale. And if the number read something you weren't expecting, you come back to, well, I was feeling really good before that right. happened. I'm still the same person. Um, so that shouldn't define you, of what the scale reads. And if it did go like jump up for some reason, look back at what you did the day before. Maybe you trained super hard um, and that's going to then cause the scale to go up.
0: Right. Yeah. there are so many variables that can impact that. And I think similarly, like avoidance, most people just need to work through that. Um, Now there are situations where that might not be the best case, but honestly, typically in a situation like that, that's where I would refer someone out to like a mental health professional. Now, again, like it's okay to like struggle with this. But again like there are extreme instances where it's like hey like what we have going on mentally here i just am, can't best serve you right now our team can't best serve you right now but a lot of times like i've had many clients um shout out to like my client anna who's just been doing an incredible job she's grown so much we've gotten her way more jack she's gotten so much better at pushing harder in her training and she's also lost a lot of body fat but for her a couple of months ago she asked me hey like the scale fluctuations are really really bothering me um especially around my cycle I hate seeing the scale go up. It bothers me so much every time. Can we stop weighing or only weigh once a week? And that's like, ultimately, like, I'm not going to decide this for you. But what I want you to understand is like, eventually for us to have to work through this, like, first, let's talk through like, what are you afraid of here? Right? Like, what do you think is happening? Let's work through objectively, like, okay, for you to gain a pound of body fat, we know you'd have to eat 3,500 calories over your maintenance intake, right? We see the scale fluctuate three pounds in a day. Did you eat 14,000 calories yesterday? Right. So, there's those objective things, but also just like understanding that even at maintenance, your body will fluctuate a lot with your cycle. It'll fluctuate depending on did we eat a little bit later? Are we more sore? All those things you mentioned, it will fluctuate a lot. And one of the most impactful pe- things for most people who have struggled with that, again, is almost kind of like just being okay with facing it head on for a while. Um, and getting used to seeing those fluctuations and again understanding that that's just part, kind of your body's natural rhythm um and i think that again a, a lot of times of wins of that actually like hurts people more than they help than it helps and eventually we can kind of get to the point where we can see the scale as a little bit more of an objective data point now still i know like for me like i've been doing this i probably weigh myself almost every day for like man like 10 plus years at this point but still if i see like the scale spike up a little like oh and I like work through it okay it's like here's what could have gone on but it's again I think like avoiding that in a fat loss phase or at maintenance is not helpful I also think that a lot of times like in the post diet phase people may try to avoid that and that almost kind of turns into like when you don't want to check your credit card statement or you don't want to check your bank account at least I know I like I've been there where it was like uh yeah I'm not going to check the scale because I don't think I managed my nutrition very well for the last couple days Um and on one end we might see like it in that spike it like spike up and then go back down. But on the other end, sometimes it's just like, hey, maybe we do need to be checking that bank account to make sure we're actually on track here for where we want to be. Um, anything else to add there before we move on?
1: No, I think that's a good analogy with the bank account. Uh super um important. But it's also like if you're avoiding it, you're still giving the scale power. Like so just
0: Yeah. Thank you, Rhea. Natalie always hates my analogy, so I I appreciate podcasting with you. (laughs) Uh,
1: So the next mistake we see is too much volume, not enough intensity in your training.
0: Absolutely. And um, again, we kind of talked about this in our podcast we did on your journey as well. But just something that we chronically see, we make a lot of content about this because it's one of the biggest things. It's mentioning how important muscle growth is for physique development To really stimulate muscle growth, we need to be taking most of our sets very, very close to failure, right? And like what most people think is like one rep left on the tank is more like five, six reps left on the tank. Like even for you, think about like what you thought was two failure, like one rep shy of failure when we started versus where we're at now. Like, has that changed a lot for you?
1: Oh, immensely. I'm still learning too. And it's like asking yourself, like, do you have one more? And usually you have like three more.
0: Yeah. As weird as as weird as that is but and again it's like something that it's okay if this is a natural for you to start it does take a lot of time to learn and everyone has kind of like a panic response when we're getting close to failure where it's like the saying, like your mind gives out before your body does is so cheesy but that's kind of the basic concept where like oftentimes for us it is like something that's new and uncomfortable and scary and mentally we'll kind of like start to freak out and that's, I always catch myself doing this on like hack squats, like that set of hack squats I posted where I like failed on it the other day. Like going into that, I was like, shit. Like, and then I like stopped and like, wait, what am I actually feeling in my legs? Do they actually hurt that bad? Do I actually feel that tired? Like, kind of taking some time to be objective and examine that versus your thoughts. But, anyways, again, for most people, this is a huge thing holding the back because again, for a lot of people, like what they think is like one rep shy of failure, which again, like one, two reps at most, I would say for most people is going to be where we need to be training and even two failures sometimes is going to be where we're going to need to be training to really stimulate the muscle growth that most people want when they work with us. But, um, most people just aren't taking it there. And on the flip side are typically doing like four or five sets per movement, uh, like eight to 10 movements per training session. Right. And again, that's kind of in this place where the quantity is there, but it's so much more about the quality of the work that we do than the quantity of work we do. Like most of the clients that we work with, it is incredibly rare. Now, some people it's just like, Hey, I'm doing orange theory and it's okay. We're going to do a completely different stimulus of training. So it's not like a, it's just completely different what we're doing, right? Or if you're not training at all, of course, this doesn't apply, but most people who work with us who are already like lifting Um, and in a manner that's going to be relatively intelligent for building muscle, like, uh, you're in the gym, you're lifting weights consistently. Um, most people think it's, I just need someone to get me to do more. Right. So I'm training five days a week. I need someone to get me to do like a coach to like force me to do six days a week, where in reality, it is so incredibly rare that we have to bump someone up, especially initially more often than not, we're doing less right for you, like over our work together, the amount of training we've been doing has just gotten to be less and less and less as far as the total sets that you're doing, because we get so much more out of two sets where we push those extremely hard versus four sets that like, maybe we think they're like two reps in the tank, but really it's like six to seven reps in the tank, right? Not to say the volume is bad, but again, like more and more and more, we're just constantly seeing with clients that with a little bit less volume, just going into the mindset of we got to make the most out of. Maybe we're just doing two sets. We're going to push this extremely hard. People get so much results or so much better results like that. Again, like taking it back to my client, Anna, one of the things we talked about was like for her, I had her doing three sets of split squats when we started and they weren't progressing. She was stagnant for like two, three weeks there. And every week we we're talking through like, hey, we got to push this harder. I know it doesn't seem like it. I understand from your perspective how it's hard to believe me, because I'll have the same conversation with Brandon. Like, it'll be like, be like, yeah, dude, you still had one more there. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? And like, no, I didn't. You didn't feel what I felt. And then the next week, it will be like, oh, wow, really? I guess I did have more there. Um, so understand, like, we're all in this boat with you. I'm sure you probably felt that way as well. Um, but like for her, she was, okay, can we add another set here? Like, this isn't progressing. Can we add more volume? So naturally, what we did is, nope, we're actually going to reduce volume. Now you only have two sets. Make these count. I promise you, you have more let's push this harder and then suddenly wow we're progressing like crazy with that so again it's not to say like everyone's volume basically volume should have defined this volume being like number of hard sets you do per muscle group per week everyone's volume needs are going to be different which is where the individualization side of the coaching comes in but that intensity like the quality of your work is so much more important than the quantity of your work for all things i just like shared about this as well like i made a post about this recently as well but like So many people, when things aren't moving, want to immediately jump to like doing more, right? So, I'm, I'm not progressing in my training. Can we add more sets? Should we add more training days? And again, like, first, are we really truly taking it there? Are we truly training as hard as we need to? Are we being intentional with every set? Or I'm not losing body fat? Should we cut calories? Should we add more cardio? And again, it's incredibly rare that that's actually what we need, especially at the start of the process versus well, Hey, there's like two days here where we're not tracking or like every weekend. It's kind of like a, yeah, I think if I kind of like fudge the numbers a bit, I can make that work maybe. And there's like all these sources for error. Again, it's more often than not. We need to focus on the quality, not increasing the quantity. Um, but that's very true for training as well. Anything else to add there?
1: Yeah. If you're feeling like you want to add more days in to train or do two workouts a day or add more exercises, you're not training hard enough. Like you should really look forward to your rest days because you're, not necessarily sore, but just like you've put in everything in that training day. So the next day, you're like, "Oh, this is my recovery day." Uh, but also, like, think about even a week like Thanksgiving week. You might be traveling or have other obligations that you can't get to a gym, and so you're like, "Well, I know certain days that I can before I travel. Why not like give it like full effort in those training days? Because I know I won't later on. So think of it like that. Like if you're given two sets go all in for those two sets so that you don't even really want to do a third. You're like, thank God I just have two. Um, But know that you leave the gym, you gave it everything.
0: Absolutely. That's such a good point. Like you don't need to absolutely crush yourself, but if the intensity is in place, like now there are times like where we might need to like work up to like four sets or again, this varies a lot by the individual. It also varies a lot by the movement, but If you're doing like seven, eight, 10 movements per training session, four or five sets per movement, I would really take some time to assess the quality of that. And you could probably cut that in half, push much harder and get so much more out of it. Or similarly, like this hasn't happened in a long time, but there used to be times where occasionally a client would be like, "Um, Yeah, I was like, I missed a training day and I made it up for it later in the weekend. I just did both my sessions back to back in one day and it's like, We should not be able to do that, um, or it should be just miserable for you to do that if we're truly taking it there. Um, All right. What's our last mistake here?
1: Mistaking under fueling for under eating.
0: This is so common as well. Um, This And this is kind of similar to like the conversation around reverse dieting where so many people will post like, my client started with me only eating 1200 calories and now they're eating 2000 calories and look how much more shredded they are and how much better they feel where oftentimes like what is actually going on here is, and this is extremely common, like there will be so many, I, I imagine you hear this a lot of the calls. I know I like, I've heard this so much where it's like, I'm only eating blank amount and I'm not making progress in my under, and I think the problem is that I'm under eating. Now, under eating can definitely be detrimental for things like building muscle. Um, you're like consistently under eating, or even again, like this under fueling under fueling, but overeating, like these things can be detrimental to like our, where we're at hormonally and supporting thyroid, our ability to build muscle, which does hurt physique development. But a lot of times it's like, I'm not making progress. I'm also not losing any body fat. And I think it's because I'm under eating. Right. And that's again, like if we were actually under eating, we would continually be losing body fat. So, and uh, your metabolism adapts your body changes. Andrea and I really recorded a very in-depth about in-depth podcast about this, um, with the, uh, Base, what was the topic of that? You know the podcast I'm referring to? We're talking about like dieting frequency and like how that impacts that how that impacts fat loss for women. Um, but within this, like more often than not, what's actually going on is like what I call underfueling, but we're not under eating, right? And those two things are very different, right? So oftentimes it is like this client who Okay. you. It's t- And typically with the clients we attract, it's very type A, very driven people. So it's almost always like I wake up at like 4, 4.30 AM. I go train. I, I push myself very hard in the gym. I Maybe I slam some coffee and that's it. And maybe I don't eat until like noon. And I kind of like just eat like a bird all day. And really like Monday through Friday, maybe I am in a large deficit. Maybe I'm not eating very much. Or again, maybe it's not until like very late in the day. I'm just so hungry that I kind of like the floodgates break. And then I feel like I like go over um, it's, that's pretty common or else like the, uh, like four or five days a week. So maybe like Monday through Thursday, Sunday through Thursday, I undereat, And then there's two to three days a week where, um, maybe I'm not tracking and we kind of go extremely hard in the opposite direction. Right. And typically what happens here, we kind of have the birth worst of both worlds in this case. Right. So we have like, first you'll, the majority of the week, you probably are under eating. Right. So again, maybe it's like you're under, you're eating so little throughout the day that you just can't help but cave and eat a ton of food in the evenings, right? Or again, maybe the same, it's like the same thing happens, like under eating all week, overeating on the weekends, but it's enough too for most people, kicking them out of a calorie deficit. So we kind of always feel like we're dieting we're always in that dieting mindset. And those metabolic adaptations the hormonal downregulation, the thyroid downregulation, those things do still happen, but because we're not in a net calorie deficit across the course of the week, we're still not losing body fat. But also for most of these people, if we're not doing a good job at all fueling ourselves around our training, right? Going into our training sessions. We don't have any fuel in the tank. We're in a, uh, we're in a state of negative protein balance. So basically like we haven't elevated muscle protein synthesis. So it's really poor for recovery. Um, we're going to struggle to grow. We're going to struggle to train as hard as we could. Um, so we also always feel like we're training hard. And again, like those periods of time where we're eating more, we're typically not training. So always feel like we're training hard, but not building muscle. Right. So, um, for most people, again, like when we see that, that like, uh, This client went from eating 1,200 calories to 2,000 calories, and like, look how much leaner they are. It's not actually like we fixed their metabolism. And that's, I don't share things like that, but like, you see this a lot. And it's not like that person, like, oh, wow, there's some magic about reverse dieting. We fixed their metabolism. It's oftentimes like, hey, this person like tracked two days a week and they were at 1,200 calories, or four days a week and they're at 1,200 calories, but we didn't track those other three days, right? Or the evenings where we kind of tended to fall off because we were under eating all day. We have people better fueled, so they build more muscle. So their physique will look much different. Even if you don't look at, lose any body fat, just building muscle will change the way your physique looks dramatically. We're better supporting your micronutrient needs by really focusing on proper fueling. So again, your thyroid, your sex hormones, all those things are in a much better place. Um, you're eating more satiating foods. We're improving food quality. So again, it's just harder to, to overeat. Again, again, a lot of it is we're just tracking more consistently and we're putting you in a position where again, it doesn't always feel like you're dieting. Because again, like we could eat the same amount of calories, but if it's like, I'm training extremely hard in the mornings. If you're training four days a week, let's say five days a week, you train extremely hard in the mornings, we could eat like 2,000 calories a day and you could like, you could crush all those calories in the evening or on average, we could eat 14,000 calories across the course of the week, but you could eat, uh, you could eat 1,000 calories per day, five days a week, and then make up the difference in those other two days. And that versus like we're timing more of your food, your carbs, your protein around your training really focusing on your micronutrient status, even at the same calorie intake, like the body composition results, it wouldn't be immediate, but over the course of months of that compounded. And for most people it's years, the results you will get will be extremely different. Um, But mistaking those two is such a common issue. Anything else to add there?
1: I hear a lot from people. And I also have, from my own experience, you think if I'm going to increase food, I'm only going to gain fat, Um, Mm. which like that, Sometimes that you, know, you do have to have some fat gain when you put on muscle, but you can limit that and focus on muscle growth if you're prioritizing certain nutrients around your training specifically. And that's what like our team is so good at looking at where are your macros falling around your training, but also we really hound the micronutrient aspect as well because we want. I know we said we weren't going to talk about micronutrients, but we really want to see like how are we supporting you building muscle and not um, putting on more fat mass than actually needed. Um, and I think you sometimes feel like you're only eating more uh but if you're eating the right amount of foods, single ingredient foods uh whole foods uh you really will be prioritizing then building muscle um and feeling a lot more energized as well
0: absolutely and i'm always amazed at like how many because most people we work with have worked with a coach previously and i'm always amazed at like in the past how like they hadn't really been taught like how to fuel themselves while well going into their training right? It was kind of just like we've be, been given this set of macros, or there wasn't a focus on like the micronutrient side of things. And that's just so important. And I, I've been there too. Like if you're a coach listening to this or you've had this experience with a coach in the past, like I want you to also understand I've had I've 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 been there, right? Like I remember, I think it was like three years ago, I hopped on a call with Brandon and he had kind of like introduced us to this idea. And there was a client where I hadn't like done my diligence with that and he was like dude you know that a lot of these like problems that you guys are running into are because you didn't take the time to do that and then uh, after that i I was like i just it hadn't clicked with me until then and i was like wow i am never gonna do that again like um so i've been there myself right and it's part of our growth and evolution as a coach so again like if you're a coach or you've had that experience with the coach in the past like like previous clients from years ago could have said the same thing. So it's not me like trying to speak negatively, but I also want people to like coaches and clients alike to understand the importance of both these things, especially as you do get to be past that point where it's like, I can kind of just go into the gym and do whatever and like roughly track my macros and I'll make progress because there will be become a time where we need to do more. And for supporting our health and our muscle growth, like both of these things are so important. Anything else to add there, Rhea?
1: It's a really positive mindset shift when you look at, um, building muscle and how you look at your food and nutrient intake to say, I'm, myself you know, to say like, because then you can see like the food is going towards something, um, rather than feeling intimidated by adding on more, adding in more food, you can say like, this is fuel for the muscle that I want to put on.
0: Absolutely. I love that point. I was talking about this with Natalie when she was here and we got to train together for every day for like 10 days. It was so fun. But, um, (laughs) Oh, she was talking about like how much her relationship with food has changed. And even like the, like, I never do that thing where I like want to save calories up for the evening. And I'm kind of just like cutting calories in the earlier part of the day. So I can like go out and like eat a charcuterie board, which I love charcuterie. So don't, I can't hold that against anyone, but on the same token, like, because I value so much my training and I have so much fun going to those sessions. I'm extremely well fueled. I'm progressing. And I value that so much that I don't want to sacrifice that. And that's again, like, I think for most people, when this really turns into a lifestyle, like, it's not like, again, like, I still drink wine, like, celebrating Katie, like, last weekend, I had a couple glasses of wine. And it's also very dependent on like where I'm at. And like, so I'm I'm not saying like anything, these things are bad, but I think most of us eventually gravitate to like someone who hasn't been as into the physique development side of things is like, how do you do that? Like, I could never give those things up. And it's like, that must be so hard for you. And again, it's, I don't think that's a fun place to operate from, but when you understand like how much of a difference and you see how much of a difference that it makes for your physique and how you feel, it's more so just like, I want to, right? Like for me, like alcohol, that is a great one, right? Where alcohol is one where it's like, I definitely feel that in the next day's training. If I'm having more than like a glass of wine. So for me, it's like, not that I feel like it can't, I definitely like, and again, occasionally I might like I did last weekend, but that is very rare because it's just like, it's not worth the trade off for me. I know like, I can still like get just as much out of my relationship, like my connection with Katie with like this versus if I did three or we like we split a bottle or whatever it is. So it's, again, it kind of just turns into, I think it's not like a, like, I think people think it's like, I just become so disciplined and like, I'm really good at restricting myself and I have iron willpower when it's not like that. It's just like, oh, this is more fun for me. Like, this is just what I enjoy more. And this is just what I want to do, which is also just such so much more of like a positive and healthy place for it to come from.
1: Yeah. You have the choice and that's right. um, more fun to work out of
0: anything else before we wrap this up.
1: No, I think that's great. I hope this is valuable for people.
0: Perfect. Well, as always, we appreciate y'all tuning in and we will catch you guys next time.